What are you going to talk to me about? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Welcome to Tribcast. Are we recording? <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How many times are you going to say that? Welcome to Tribcast, the flagship podcast of the Lacrosse Tribune. I'm digital news editor Scott Roddett. I'm joined today by Elizabeth Beyer. Hello, Elizabeth. Oh, hey, how's it going? Good, good. I, I uh, was going to introduce you properly, but I always forget your official title. Why don't you tell everybody your official title? I'm not sure I know it that well either, but um, it's kind of like this interesting multi-hat title that I cobbled together that has to do with data, interactive, uh, audio, and video reporting. So it's just anything along those lines, and I'll do it. And this week, you can add something else to that title. You're our ag reporter. Yeah, I. Uh, it's a, kind of a new venture for me, but I've been um, you know, pretty interested in the ag sector since I moved to Wisconsin, which was recently. And how this all started, I think, was uh, we were uh, chatting about farm subsidies, and we put in a pretty detailed and pretty thorough uh, freedom of information request to the federal government, and, and we asked for? A record of all of the subsidy payments to pretty much every applicant across the country through uh, the USDA's Farm Service Agency offices in 2018. And, you know, this is something that, you know, I think it's fair to say that most of our listeners are likely not farmers, and those folks might be surprised to hear how much money in just last year the federal government gave out in subsidies. Yeah, the federal government, I, I don't want to say gave out, yeah. but paid out nearly uh, $16 billion, uh, you know, to um, farmers and uh individuals in the sector who have been struggling or have, you know, land that the USDA rents out under a conservation program. And that's what's important, I think, for people to realize is that not all of these monies that are are sent out are not all for the same things and not all for the same purposes. Some are price support. Some are, uh, I know we talked a little bit as this project was developing, uh, that there was some money to help offset some tariff problems that came up in the past year or so. Right. So, excuse me, the uh, market facilitation program was something that was developed following the U.S. and China trade war uh, of 2018. And um, that was put into place to kind of help farmers who were impacted negatively by the tariffs that were placed on uh, U.S. exports through the ag and dairy sector. So as you were reporting this, of course, you talked to a number of people from farmers to politicians. And and you did it here that not everybody was singing from the same hymnal. Yeah, um, so I spoke with uh, U.S. Rep. Uh, Jim Hagedorn, who is our neighbor here across the Mississippi. Um, he's a huge supporter of, you know, the subsidies and the farm bill, um, and he's uh, newly elected into office. He's just about, you know, 100 days in. Um, and I spoke with our uh, this area's, in particular, the uh, congressional representative, Ron Kind, uh, from Wisconsin's 3rd District. Um, he is he was one of few... Uh, members of Congress who voted against the Farm Bill. And it's kind of interesting because both of those uh, members of Congress have roughly the same amount of farms in their uh, districts, which is about 20,000. And when you talk to Representative Kind, what was his reason for uh, being a little skeptical of these programs? From what I heard Representative Ron Kind saying, he believes that a lot of the subsidy payments are being kind of funneled into these large corporations, into uh, entities that maybe don't really need the money and they're just kind of like using the money to like 
you know, line their pockets, and also loopholes in the farm bill are being exploited so that large farms are benefiting from the subsidies in a way that might not be what the farm bill intended. So to help readers understand how these subsidy payments are paid out and, and more importantly, who gets them, you put together a, a, a tool that people can explore uh, on our website. Right. So I put together an interactive map um, that outlines where the subsidy payments are going, the subsidy payments that were received through applications into the Wisconsin Farm Service Agency office specifically. Um, So according to the data that I received, there's, I think, close to $4 million in subsidies that were paid out to individuals with mailing addresses outside of Wisconsin, even though they applied in the state of Wisconsin. So I thought that was kind of like an interesting uh, data point to explore. So I um, took took the data, put it into a data visualization engine, kind of tinkered with it a little bit, and birthed this beautiful and difficult map. And, <laughs> it was and, difficult to put together. And, and we looked at it, and, and we should point out that even though it was difficult to put together mm. from, a, from a reader standpoint, it's pretty easy to use, where you oh, can yeah. click on almost any part of the country, click on a state, and you know we'll pick on you know South Carolina, a state that's a long ways from here, and you can find out exactly in the state how, many, uh, how much subsidy payments went to people who uh, live in that state. And again, these are subsidies uh, for... Uh, farms in Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. and it drills down even down to the county level and beyond, right? Yeah, just down to the county level, I felt like anything further than that would be kind of infringing on the privacy of individuals, so I didn't want to do that. And you also, you, you mentioned, of course, you spoke to some, some lawmakers about this. You also spoke to some uh, farmers and, and, and farm agency groups. What did they talk about the uh, this program and these subsidy payments, and how is it affecting them, pardon the pun, but on the ground? So I um, reached out to farmers who received close to the highest number of uh, amount in subsidies. Um, I spoke with a farmer who received $1.25 million in subsidies. And in that was just in one year. That yeah. was in one year, yeah. And despite receiving that much money, this farmer took a loss of close to $725,000 due to the fact that we're at a an impasse with the uh, U.S.-China um, trade war, and then we're also at a uh, congressional standstill with the uh, renegotiation of NAFTA. And certainly, you know, almost everybody is aware that over the past decades, you know, what, what we all thought farms were growing up, where it's uh, a couple and, a, and three kids, or maybe sometimes eight kids, on, you know, a few hundred acres, uh, those small family farms exist, but not nearly as much as they used to. Right. They're declining on a pretty rapid uh, basis, and it's kind of alarming to a lot of people that I spoke with. Um, I believe um, Darren Von Ruden, who is the president of the um, Farmers Union in Wisconsin, he said that we're losing you know, two, I believe, dairy farmers on a daily basis. And it's, and it's tougher being a farmer now more than ever for some of these reasons you, you outline. And, and, and another one, which I don't think your story touches on a great deal, but uh, there's not a long line of people waiting to uh, run or work on a farm. And, and the timing, Elizabeth, of this story is perfect because, uh, you know, the spring is here and uh, farmers are heading out to the fields. And, and anyone who's driven around our region recently knows, especially if you get up in Trempolo County and a little bit north, there are still plenty of fields uh, underwater. And until some of that water recedes, it's going to be tough for uh, farmers to do what they need to do. And, and they're already, as we've outlined in your story, in a tough environment already. And, and 
ask any farmer from any time, I mean, the, the one variable you can't control is the weather, and, and they're getting a, a late start again this year. Um, well, I hope everybody uh, re-picks up a copy of Sunday's Lacrosse Tribune or goes online, lacrossetribune.com. Your story will be posted online Saturday evening and be in Sunday morning's paper. And again, as a reminder, uh, the folks who see it online will get a look at that interactive map that shows where all the subsidy payments go to, both in Wisconsin and for those living outside the state. So, Elizabeth, I think you are, uh, you learned, you've been certainly outstanding in your field this, with this story. <laughs> I have been outstanding in, in a field. In a field. In a field. Well, that's the only farm joke we'll use, I promise. <laughs> uh, thanks, for, thanks for all the hard work, and I'm sure our, everybody will enjoy reading that. Uh, for Elizabeth, uh, this is another edition of TribCast. And please, we have some breaking news. We have, uh, you're now able to subscribe on to TribCast on the iTunes store. So just search for TribCast, look for the Lacrosse Tribune, and you can subscribe, and more importantly, pick up and listen to past episodes of TribCast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>